Lord, tonight, again with you to feel His presence, to see you enjoying His presence. So good to see Brother Fouts. And uh, we, uh, we appreciate him so much. He always comes and fellowships here. And uh, uh, with, with a church his size. And boy, they got a beautiful place, don't they? And uh, always something to do, but he takes time out to come. And I appreciate it so much. Uh, I, I didn't do such a good job, but I appreciate him having us over there for homecoming. And uh, really enjoyed being, being there in service with him a couple of months ago. And uh, he, just, he just, Brother Markham, he just went ahead and scheduled me for here that night. And uh, <laughs> yeah, isn't that a good working relationship that, that, that uh, uh, you know, the pastors work together so well? He just, he just called Brother Jay up for me to come by that night. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's good, isn't it? How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Brother uh, Bill Markham is with me tonight. I appreciate him coming. Uh, pastors of church in Newport, Kentucky, and uh, we want him to come. I know you're in no hurry, and uh, we want him to come and greet you and, and take his time. Come on, Brother Markham. Appreciate him coming, and uh, uh, we uh, uh, come right ahead. I'll, come on up here. I'll take this microphone, and, and uh, we appreciate him so much being with us, and Brother Markham's a great man. Appreciate him being here. Preach for him lots of times. Well, I feel a little weak tonight. I've been just been in the hospital for a while, and uh, God's been good to us. The devil liked to kill every one of us, but it's like in where he was talking. I, I might say it a little different, but in Haggai, the second chapter, he was talking about the encouraging word. I know the elders cried and wept over such a small foundation. And um, Haggai was contemporary with uh, Zechariah. And they, uh, the only <coughs> two chapters I, I told them sometime, Brother Oakley, uh, turned to chapter 1 of Jude or chapter 1 of Obadiah or chapter 1 of Second John or chapter 1 of Third uh, John. And they get looking and uh, they think it's worse the second chapter. Well, there's no other second chapters, but in Haggai, he went beyond chapter 1. He had two chapters. That was pretty good. But there was a word there that he said I think is very important to us today, to me and at our church in Newport, and hopefully and prayerfully it is for you here, first time I've been here, and, and everybody feels you out, and I feel them out, so it goes both ways. <laughs> so it seemed like I met this brother before. I don't know if I... Somewhere, I've been through Indiana sometimes, but it's been a long time ago. Sort of been cooped up in Newport, a little pastor in Mainville, Ohio for a while. Brother Mike Allen's pastor in there now, and I've seen a lot of people come and go. But um, I guess when you look and you feel so discouraged, it will make you get involved in your own life, just as much as it did with Israel then. You'll get in your own sealed houses, you'll get in. Uh, trying together, and you find out there's holes in your bag. But uh, God still gave them hope. He even went on down, talked about the desires of the nation. But there's one thing he said through everything. He said, my spirit remaineth. I don't care what the size of the house is. I don't care what the numbers is. 
There's one thing we've got to always bank on. His spirit is still here. We might see people going whirly. We might see church splitting, things happening all over our country. And if it keeps going, it's going to be it's in a worse mess now. It's getting in a worse mess. But there's one thing we've got to always remember. His spirit is still here. He's going to be with us all the way, even to the end of the world. He gave us a comforter, said in the 14th chapter of the book of John, and that comforter, even the spirit of truth. When you and I have the spirit, he'll give us truth. When you walk in, in truth, you are comfort. You feel comfort. You feel peace. You feel joy. But if you sidestep just a little bit, it gets a little shaky when you come off from truth. But I still believe right here in this church where Brother Oakley always enjoyed his messages. He doesn't waste words. He get into it, and I like that. I like the preaching of God's word, and he's a good preacher on that. Um, I'm afraid when I get home, my wife said, you didn't talk all the way over there, did you? I said, no. I gave him at least 10 minutes to talk. And <laughs> so I thought coming over might confuse him. He won't know which way to go to preach. But if that spirit's still there, he'll know which way to go. He'll know which way to go. And um, we've been here a little earlier, but we stopped to get a bite to eat. We hadn't eaten yet. And uh, he said, where do you want to go to? I said, oh, I like Wendy's more than McDonald's because that's more quick. Puts you on a big high than it lets you have a big crash later. And I sure don't want him to experience that preaching. So we went to Wendy's, and he ordered a fish. And it took four minutes and found out he put stuff on he didn't want. So I've got to take it back. We've got to cook another one. Then they started cooking another, ended up giving it to another customer. He said, we got another one. It'll take another three minutes. So that throw, I told him, I said, was God in that or was that the devil on me choosing Wendy? <laughs> but we would have been right before starting time tonight. But it's not a, a, his fault anyway. But I've always enjoyed Brother Oakley and appreciate him. And I pray for him that God would help him even after tonight. That God would bless him. We may never, never meet again. You don't know. I've, uh, I don't feel like we're here tonight by accident. I feel God's still in control of everything. We desire your prayer as far as in Newport, Kentucky. It used to be the sin city of, uh, of the United States. I've seen people shot, laying on the streets, killed. And when the syndicate really still controls but it's behind the scenes. So we are fighting a big devil in Newport, Kentucky. We just got a small congregation. My brother pastor before sat there for a year. Nobody came. Well, we're up to almost 30 now. But it's hard to gain. But I still, still bank and I still believe. Brother, like you is in the book of Haggai, his spirit still remains. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, oh my. Aren't you glad that His Spirit remains and always here? Hallelujah. And where that Spirit is, there is... What is there? Isn't liberty good? Hallelujah. There is liberty. Praise God. Amen. We're in trouble tonight when, uh, you know, the past, it doesn't have to be the pastor, when somebody gets up and gets it sky high. Oh, my. I've, I've, I've done that. I, I can't. It, it's reaping time. 
Because I've done it a few times myself to other preachers. They get me up and I get to feeling so good. Sometimes you get to feeling better like that than you do preaching. It's easier. It's just flowing, you know. You just, uh, whatever comes, you just let go. And that's a little bit easier uh, than trying to really stay with something. And, and so uh, uh, I've done that a lot of times. Thank you. And uh, uh, I've turned to walk away and had them preachers that was going to preach that night say, you destroyed me you've ruined me you've killed me so you've destroyed me tonight hallelujah amen and brother brother Fouts uh, doing so good brother Markham uh, uh, adding to that and and oh I'm so glad I'm so glad that that the spirit of the Lord is always with us hallelujah we don't always feel him but he's always with us Amen. Praise God. Just like the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't always uh, recognize and see the Lord working for us and on our behalf, but He's always there. He said He would be. <clears throat> he, he, he said, I'll go with you how, how, uh, uh, how often? Go with you always. How far? Even to the, how far? The end of the, that's far enough, isn't it? Amen. Praise God. Always is, is, is that's, that's often enough, isn't it? Praise God. Amen. And, and then uh, the writer of Hebrews said that he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so, uh, my, my, he's always with us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, we desire your prayers tonight. The Lord will help us. And if you have a Bible and want to read with me, I'll be in First Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5 tonight, and um, we, we certainly need your prayers, desire them, the Lord will help us in 1 Peter chapter 5. <clears throat> now, uh, I could just read my text, normally that's what I do, but I want to take a little time here and read down to it. So I want to begin at verse 1 in 1 Peter chapter 5. And in the first verse, <clears throat> the Bible declares unto us, and by the way, thank you for the offering, and thank Brother Ingram for, for, for adding to it, hallelujah, because you liked his preaching. And, and uh, uh, I, I may not do good enough for anybody want any CDs, but I, I guess if you do, Brother Miller will reap th that, and so uh, tomorrow night. But uh, praise the Lord. Uh, chapter 5 of 1 Peter, verse 1, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Here is his admonition to them. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. Here is your reward. Verse 4, when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. He's writing these words to the elders. Is that what it said? Now he 
begins to speak to folks like me, the younger. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I, I only in the last three or four or five years realized I'm one of the older preachers now, Brother Fouts. I always thought of myself for, for so long I was the young preacher, you know. Uh, I look around, and I'm not the young preacher. But, but anyhow, likewise ye younger. Oh, they don't like this. Submit yourselves unto the elder. <laughs> Some young folks just know it all. But then he turns right around and says, Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Don't you like verse 7? Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Warning now, be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not the only one going through what you're going through. You're not the only one facing what you're Facing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now my text is in verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, Settle you. There's that word, brother, you was talking about on the way over here. Settle. Hallelujah. Would you pray? Father, thank you for the privilege and for the opportunity once again to be in the house of the living God. Thank you for your holy presence and power. Thank you for the exhortation and the singing that we have heard this evening. Now I ask you to continue to work, to move, and to bless through the power of the Word of God that is forever settled in heaven. Oh God, let it now minister to hearts and lives and meet needs and do a work in every heart and every life. Let your power be manifested to work the works of Christ in the midst of the congregation. And it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we ask. And we ask for your help to preach it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you tonight. <clears throat> if the Lord will help me uh, and you will pray for me, I am preaching on God's great grace. God's great grace. Hallelujah. This fifth chapter is a great chapter, you know, because I read most of it in your hearing. And uh, uh, there's many things that can be said about the, 
good counsel that has been given by the Apostle Peter in this fifth chapter of 1 Peter. Uh, but I want to deal with verse 10, which says, But the God of all grace. And I want you to notice that three-letter word, A-L-L. All grace. Hallelujah. There is a lot more grace than most people realize. There's not as much as some people try to attain, but there's much more than many people realize. Amen. And so I want to preach on God's great grace. What is the definition, the meaning of the word grace? How many has ever heard a definition given for the word grace? We usually, the definition that I most am acquainted with and read and, and hear others say is unmerited favor of God. In other words, we did not deserve it. And I agree with that. It is certainly something that we do not and did not deserve. Amen. Ah, uh, and, and so unmerited favor. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. I'm not sure. I've been preaching now. Uh, I'd have to stop and think. I, I, I'm, I'm preach, I've been preaching longer than I've... I've got to catch up here. How long have I been preaching? I've been preaching since 1973. <clears throat> 38 years, is that correct? Uh, uh, 38 years I've been preaching. And uh, uh, so... I still don't know that I can tell you the difference between grace and mercy. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm sure maybe some of these other preachers have uh, uh, could enlighten me. And, and, and I know Brother Markham, as you could tell, Brother Markham is a very studious uh, man in the Bible. And I will not debate Brother Markham. I'm telling you right now, I will not debate him. Because even if I'm right and he's wrong, <laughs> hallelujah, I can't debate him. He's smarter than me and knows more than I do. And so even when he's wrong and I'm right, I can't debate him, hallelujah. I'm just, he knows I'm teasing with him on that. But uh, uh, maybe they can enlighten me. But I do know this. I, the only difference that I know between grace and mercy is when I deserved it, mercy saw to it that I didn't get it. I deserved hell and judgment, but God had mercy. So mercy is something that we do not get that we deserve. Now I don't know if that's... But that's just my, my own philosophy. That's how the book of Oscar, okay? He said the book of Jason. That's how the book of Oscar. And so, uh, take it or leave it. Grace is, mercy is I did not get it when I deserved it. Grace is I got it when I didn't deserve it. 
Hallelujah. Oh my, aren't you glad for the grace of God when you didn't deserve it? He gave it to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody spelled the word grace out and said, took each letter of the word grace and said G. That stands for gift. That's the principle of grace. R. That stands for redemption. That's the purpose of grace. A. That stands for access. And that's the privilege of grace. Aren't you glad for access to God? Hallelujah. By grace. Hallelujah. Amen. C. That stands for character. And that's what grace does. That's the product of grace. It gives you character. Grace makes you be a man, a woman. Makes you have integrity and honesty. Oh yeah, it gives you character. Hallelujah. E stands for eternal life. And that's the great prospect of it all. Hallelujah. But thank God. God for grace. Can somebody say amen? I want to preach if the Lord will help me for a little while tonight on God's great grace. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to know that Peter, when he said here in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, but the God of how much grace? All grace. Praise God. Amen. I want you to know grace. The God of all grace. There's a lot to grace. There's more than just saving grace. We talk about saving grace and I thank God, it's the most important thing in the world is to be saved. I thank God for saving grace, but grace goes farther than that. Hallelujah, amen. But I do thank God for saving grace. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, for by what grace are ye what? saved through faith and that not of yourselves verse 9 it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast and I thank God that I am saved by grace the greatest song in all of Christendom I suppose is amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see twas grace that taught my heart to fear hallelujah oh what a song John Newton wrote a good one didn't he amazing grace I want to preach on God's great grace and grace to save aren't you glad for grace that saves us when we're in sin so there's saving grace you know, let me, let me say this. That word saved isn't heard much anymore. It isn't used much anymore. But I want to declare unto you tonight that when you say the word saved or save, that it is biblical terminology. Amen. Nowadays we hear about decisions for Christ. Nowadays we hear about people joining, joining, joining the church. Amen. I don't care how many churches you join, they don't save you. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't care how many decisions you make, that don't save you. Grace through faith in the blood. Hallelujah saves you, praise God. Thank 
God for saving grace in its Bible talk. Amen. I thank God, the testimony of many, I thank God for saving me, sanctifying me, and filling me with a good Holy Ghost or sweet Holy Ghost or heaven's Holy Ghost. Amen. We're Bible talking when we say thank God for saving me. Amen. They have these big, uh, 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 I hope that men, I hope that some of them really get saved, but they have these big, uh, I'm trying to think of what they're called, uh, the, the, the stadiums, uh, these big stadiums where they hold the big crusades and thousands come to Christ. Well, I wonder how many really get saved. Hallelujah. Saved is a Bible term. I'm not talking about making a decision. I'm not talking about shaking a preacher's hand. I'm talking about saved. Bible terminology. Amen. It's a Bible term. God chose through the foolishness of preaching to what? Save them that believe. Titus 3 and 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us hallelujah amen Paul said in 1 Timothy 1 and 15 this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief hallelujah amen for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost it's Bible talk Bible terminology over and over and over and over and over in the Bible it talks about being saved hallelujah how many saved tonight praise God you didn't join no you've been born you've had a new birth the song says hallelujah I'm saved by the grace of God hallelujah amen there's no other name given among men no name, other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved hallelujah amen. I'm trying to tell you it's Bible talk amen for the, the Lord the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved how many saved by the grace of God here tonight thank God for saving grace amen And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Thank God for grace that saves. Amen. I came to an altar bound by sin, headed for hell. Good boy, they called me, but just lost and doing things they didn't know anything about. But on February the 25th, 1973, in an altar, I got saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, Paul said, I am what I am. Hallelujah. I want you to know, brother and sister, grace saved me. But I want you to know that that night, February the 25th, on a Sunday night, 1973, when I got up out of the altar after my sins had been washed away and I was saved by the grace of God, I got up from the altar. I went back and sat down in a pew. And when I did, grace 
peace went right with me into the pew with me when I got out of church that night went and got my 66 Pontiac Tempest that I wish I had tonight hallelujah amen and I began to you remember in those days in the 70s amen the early 70s cruising was popular and they'd go to the certain places and they, they had their 68 and 69 Camaros and their 68 and 69 and 70 Novas and their 70 and 69 and 72 Chargers and their, amen, and uh, all those vehicles, you know, Mustangs and Jack up in the back real high and cruise around town well in a 66 straight pendy a Pontiac Tempest I began to cruise Harrison Ohio hallelujah I didn't go down to coffee pot that used to be Frisch's that now Zorocco's where they did it but I cruised around down Harrison Avenue amen down Broadway come up to the stop sign and said if Jesus comes tonight I'm ready to go went down two blocks stopped at the next stop sign and said if Jesus comes tonight I did that brother Markham I said it right out loud if Jesus comes tonight I'm ready to go cause I rolled my bed at night praying Lord don't come I'm not ready but now I am and I say if Jesus comes tonight I'm ready to go come down to State Street made a right went one block to the traffic light and made a right on Harrison Avenue and went right back up and did the circle again. I don't know how many times I went. Amen. But it was, if Jesus comes tonight, I'm ready to go because I was saved by grace. And you know what? When I did my cruising oh, that night around Harrison, grace was riding with me because I didn't leave grace in the altar. So if the Lord will help me for just a few minutes, I want to preach on God's great grace. Because you see, grace don't just save us. But when we get up out of the altar and go through our daily lives, thank God for grace. Can somebody say thank God for grace? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, not only does, is there grace to save, but there's grace to stand. Not only is there saving grace, but there's standing grace. Hallelujah. For the Bible said in verse 12, look at verse 12. I stopped at 10, look at 12. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you as I suppose, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand you're standing in grace you're standing in grace you got saved by grace but now you're standing in grace aren't you glad there's grace to stand hallelujah in this time of compromise when people believe almost anything and stand for very little there is grace to stand I said God's got grace to stand hallelujah this standing 
saying grace is essential today. Hallelujah. There's an old adage or saying, cliche, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Well, I want you to know there's some grace to stand that you don't have to fall prey to the, to the, uh, uh, the, the false deceitful apostles and workers of iniquity and false doctrine. Amen. My God, there's grace to stand in. I think Naboth had it. Wait a minute, preacher, that's Old Testament. What are you talking about Naboth having grace? Grace is a New Testament. Well, that's what I've heard preachers say. Grace is a New Testament. Really? Hmm. God would have wiped the whole human race out of existence with a flood, but for something. Noah found what did Noah find? Grace in the eyes of the Lord. Read the 33rd chapter of the book of Exodus and at least five or six times in four or five verses from verse 13 down through verse 18 or 17 you will find grace mentioned over and over and over and over and over. Hallelujah. And therefore if I have found grace in thy sight and God said you have found grace in my sight. Amen. And Moses said oh if I haven't, don't, haven't found grace and grace, 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 grace over and over there. Hallelujah. On the, in the 33rd chapter of Exodus. But I believe Naboth had some grace to stand. Amen. Even though the king wanted his vineyard, it was the inheritance of his fathers and you didn't give away or sell your, the inheritance of your father in those days. And he said, no, you can't have it. It's mine. It belongs to me. It's been handed down to me. I don't care if it is next to your palace. I don't care if it is next to your vineyard. It's mine and it's not for sale. Hallelujah. It may have cost Naboth his life, but he had some grace to stand. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe there's grace to stand, don't you? I believe I believe Naboth had it, don't you? Thank God for grace to stand. I believe John the Baptist had it, don't you? Hallelujah. I believe even though it cost him his head that he found grace. 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 Even though he got discouraged in prison, grace came to him. Hallelujah. Hey, I believe the early church had grace, don't you? Praise God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great what kind? Great grace was upon them all. Man, they was facing battles. They was being killed. They were being martyred. They were being thrown in prison. But great grace was upon them all. They found grace to stand for Jesus. Hallelujah! 
I don't know if it really happened or not. They made a song out of it. It's been so long since I heard it, I don't even remember it too well. But they were going to murder 39 soldiers, wasn't it? 38 soldiers. Put them out on ice, stripped them of their clothes, said, deny Christ or die. And they began to sing. Amen. 38 soldiers for Jesus. 38 soldiers. Amen. And one, until one of them died. Amen. They started this they started singing 37 soldiers for Jesus 37 soldiers for Christ and that guy in charge ran out on the ice and said 38 soldiers for Jesus hallelujah there's grace to stand I'm telling you when the, when the tempest of hell and the howling of the devil comes against you God's got the grace for you to stand This is the true grace of God wherein you stand. Hallelujah. I tell you what, we got a lot of folks today need this standing grace. One pastor who didn't have it, who would not take issue with the problem in the church that was divided right, God deliver us from churches divided right down the middle. Ooh, that's bad stuff. Hallelujah. One pastor had one like that, and it split right down the middle. And this side over here came and told their side of the story to him. You know what he said? You are right. You're absolutely right. Well, the other side came, and they told their side of the story. You know what he said? You're right. You're out. They was both absolutely right, according to him. Hallelujah. So if they're both right, what's he going to do? He told both sides as right. You know what he did? Nothing. <laughs> what could he do? He told both sides as right. What's he going to do? Amen. <laughs> he said, you're right. So when nothing was done, they came again. They told their story. You're right. You're absolutely right. The other side came, Brother Jay, told their side, you're right, you're absolutely right. It happened so many times, his wife got so sick and tired of it. She looked at him one day and said, you know what you are? You ain't nothing but a, I'll remember as many as I can, yellow streak back boneless, spineless, jellyfish, coward, amen. And he said, you're right. You're absolutely right. Hallelujah. Woo! I want you to know God's got greater grace than that. I said God's got some grace to make you stand for what's right. Hallelujah. This is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Hallelujah. Oh, did you know there's grace to serve? Praise God. The Bible said in Hebrews 12 and 28, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. There's grace to serve God. I said there's grace to serve God. They say when the tough, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I don't know about that. But better when it gets tough, there's some grace that you can serve God right on. When it gets bad, you can serve God right on for he's the God of all grace. 
grace. Let me say, the grace doesn't stop there. But when you're really up against it and you don't know what to do, and you're at your wit's end, and that's in the Bible too, in the book of Psalms, 107th chapter, I think it is, isn't it? And at their, or at their men reel to and fro like a drunken man, or at their wit's end. Amen. Oh, but what do they do? Then they cry unto the Lord, and He delivereth them. Praise God. Oh, there's grace that'll make you in the midst of the worst problem and trial you've ever been in when you don't think you can make it. There's grace that'll give you a song to sing. Hallelujah, there's grace to sing. There's singing grace. How many has found singing grace? Praise God, hallelujah. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly unto all wisdom, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. I thought, preacher, it said singing and making melody. It does in Ephesians. Amen. But in Colossians 3 and 16, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Amen. I want you to know there's times when we don't understand. There's times we don't think we can handle the pressure. There's times we don't know if we can handle the load. And all of a sudden, God drops by grace a song into our soul. My God have mercy. Hallelujah. You think preachers don't have problems, but I'm here to tell you, Brother Fouts, can't we tell them preachers have got problems too? Hallelujah. Oh my my. Amen. I was I I I was uh in in just closed out a good revival in Norman, Oklahoma. Hooked up my fifth wheel and was headed across I-64 in Illinois. I don't know. I had to come through uh, Oklahoma, through across Missouri and now in the late hours of the night, actually the early morning hours past midnight, I was in Illinois on 64, holding my fifth wheel. The girls was asleep. Everybody was asleep but me. I, 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 I wouldn't... If you know me very well in my drive, and I sleep sometimes when I drive, but 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 I, I really wasn't asleep this night. Everybody was, and I, it was way up. And if you've ever been across Interstate 64 in Illinois, you know that there ain't nothing. You got uh, what's that one? Mount Vernon. You got Mount Vernon. With that, other than Mount Vernon, right in the middle of the state there, amen, you ain't got nothing after dark. They, if you do find an exit, what few there are, they're closed up. Amen. Here I am. It's late at night. Everything closed. I'm driving along and I'm down. I've just closed a good revival. But I'm, I'm wondering, Lord, what do I do? Lord, I don't seem to be accomplishing anything. Lord, I need to know something. I need to hear from you. I need to know I'm in your will. I need to know something here tonight. Amen. I, I, I don't know. I can't explain what I was going through. Amen. I had been to a, I, I, at that revival that I had just, that church I had just been to they had a great wonderful choir man they could sing they had made a they had made a tape this was before CDs was popular this has been a few years back amen they had made a tape 
and 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 I put that tape and they gave it to me. I stuck that tape in and I began to listen to that choir sing that had done so wonderful all week long in revival. I began to listen to their songs, but all of a sudden they came down to a song that I had never heard before. I'm on Interstate 64. It's past midnight. I'm troubled. I'm I'm wondering. I'm questioning. And I'm driving along. And all of a sudden on this tape there comes a song. Amen. That I'd never heard. Amen. It was such a lovely day. The sun was shining bright. And I don't remember the next few words but then, then suddenly without warning the storm surrounded my life. And then it, whatever else it said and then the chorus came out. I know the peace speaker. Yes I know him by name. Peace speaker. I'd never heard it. And I'm telling you that driving across 64 after midnight I thought sure enough I was going to have to pull that truck and trailer over and jump out and run up and down amen the shoulder of that interstate I'm telling you God gave me a song amen with grace amen that made me travel on hallelujah he'll give you a song when in the midnight hour if need be hallelujah there's grace to sing Hallelujah. Some of you may not be singers. You may not get up with a microphone. Hallelujah. But there comes a time somewhere you'll sing driving down the road. You'll sing in the shower. You'll sing doing dishes. You'll sing sometime or other. Amen. I'm glad to know that God gives us a song in the midst of our problems. Singing with grace. In 1974, 1975, I worked at Cincinnati Millicron. When I had just been there a few weeks and was still in training, built centerless grinding machines. When I was still under uh, uh, training, George Merrill, Went walking down the aisle, cuss, 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 cuss. Every word out of his mouth was a cuss word. Every single word out of his mouth was a cuss word. All the way down the aisle, climbed up on that machine. He was a tuber, and there was something had gone wrong. And on that machine, cuss, it was so bad that everybody in that, uh, what am I trying to say, that area, that uh, whatever we were there that built centerless grinding machines, what? Uh, in that, uh, uh, it, it wasn't quite assembly line, but 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 anyway, all of us there, uh, we all worked on our own machine, built our own machine. But, but but we all gathered around, all of us in that in that section that we worked in of centerless grinding machines. We all gathered around because George was cussing so bad, so bad. I mean, every word. I'm talking for five minutes. Cuss, 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 cuss. So George Zermeli, who was training me, went down there. Well, I'm with George. So away we go. And I'm standing there. And I'm, I don't know. I guess I had a dumb look on my face. Because old George looked down at me. I'm the new guy. And George saw my expression, I guess. I'm standing there looking at this guy. Cuss, 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 cuss. I'm standing there looking up at him. He said, what's the matter with you? 
I am standing there doing nothing, but he wants to know what's the matter with me. And he's been cussing for five minutes, and that was the first intelligible words that he had said. What's the matter with you? I said, nothing. <laughs> nothing. He said, what's the matter? Don't you cuss? I said, no, sir. He said, I'll give you two weeks and you'll be cussing just like me. That's what he said. <laughs> no, I didn't. Just settle that right here. Settle it right here. I didn't. No, I didn't. Never. No. But I will admit, it was the most frustrating job I was ever on. I mean, it got so bad at times, you could feel the powers of hell. I literally, have you ever felt it? I literally felt demonic spirits come against me and torment my mind and make me want to lose it. Amen. And I remember one day in particular, Brother Perry Fouts, I felt that come over me. And the frustration, things was wrong. And all of a sudden, the grace of God came to me with a song. Amen. And I started, I walked away from that machine and I started walking the aisles of Cincinnati Millicron. And this is what I was doing. <laughs> I started out traveling for the Lord many years ago. I had a lot of heartaches, had a lot of pain and woe. Oh, but when I would stumble, then I would humble down. And I can say, thank the Lord, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Well, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Gotta make it to heaven somehow. Though the devil tempts and tries to turn me around. He's offered everything that's got a name. All the wealth I want and worldly fame. But if I could still, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Oh, I got to that chorus and there wasn't a devil anywhere close. Hallelujah. Because the grace of God put a song in me. And I sang my way through my trouble. You think that ain't biblical? You think that ain't biblical? Hey, Paul and Silas in the inner ward shut up in their hands and feet in stocks and fetters. Amen. And at midnight they prayed and something else. What else did they do? And sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And when the midst of their singing, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Praise God. I don't care how bound you get. God will give you grace to sing your way through praise God. Amen. I know you can pray your way out of trouble, but sometimes God just gives you a song and gets you sing the victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey! What did that writer say in the book of Job? When there is none that saith, where is God my maker who giveth songs in the night? Hallelujah. Brother, I want you to know there's grace to sing. Anybody feel that way tonight? I started out traveling for the Lord many years ago. I had a lot of heartaches, had a lot of grief and woe. 
And when I would stumble, then I would humble down. I can say, thank the Lord, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Well, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Gotta make it to heaven somehow. Though the devil tempts and tries to turn me around. He's offered everything. I'm singing with grace right now. Woo! It may not be pretty, but I'm singing with grace. Well, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I gotta make it to heaven somehow. Though the devil tempts and tries to turn me around. He's offered everything that's got a name. All the wealth I want and worldly fame. But if I could still, I wouldn't take nothing. How it feels that way? Sing it again, would you? Let me hear you sing it. Gotta make it. Though the devil... Yeah, he offers a lot. All the wealth I want and worldly fame, but if I could, still I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Well, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Gotta make it to heaven somehow, though the devil tries to turn me around. He's offered everything that's got a name, all the wealth I want and worldly fame, but if I could, still I wouldn't. Oh, glory to God, hallelujah. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, hallelujah. There's grace to sing, grace to sing, grace to sing. Too many people like Israel because they've come into some type of captivity, have hung their harps on the willows, saying, how can we sing the Lord's song in a stranger? Go grab that harp, pull it off that willow. Sing, brother, sing. Sing, sister, sing. Hallelujah, because you're coming out of captivity and you're headed back to the land of promise and the walls are going to be rebuilt and the house is going to be built praise God oh you're coming out hallelujah you're going to need them harps because you're going to sing again singing with grace with grace with grace while they give us a song I'll close here The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us. There's grace that teaches us some things. Do you know there's some things I had to be taught but there were some things that grace taught me. I had to be taught to pay tithe. When I first got saved, I, I, thought, I thought you had to be married to pay tithes. I mean, I don't know why I thought that. I thought that was for married people. I got saved, and I've been saved a few weeks, and I'm just happy as can be, and all of a sudden I hear a conversation going on about tithe paying between some of the members, and I said, am I supposed to pay tithes? They said, you sure are. I started paying tithes. I had to be taught. Hallelujah. 
But there were some things that grace taught me that man didn't teach me. You know, I long for the day when people pray through in such a manner that while they're in the order, grace teaches them some things. I'm telling you, the preacher didn't have to preach on everything under the shining sun when I got saved. Because when I was in the order, there was some things that grace taught me. Grace taught me don't go here. Grace taught me don't do that. Grace taught me do do that. And do go here. Helen, there were some things grace taught me. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live righteously, soberly, godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself up. I'm telling you, there's grace that'll teach you something if you'll stay long enough for it to teach you. People wouldn't have to get mad at the preacher so much because of what he preached if you'd stay in an altar and get some grace to teach you something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh. What us preachers have to go through because people won't stay in the altar long enough to get grace teach them some things. Amen. It's right anyhow. Hallelujah. And as I close tonight, you know, uh, Paul reached a point in his life where things were so difficult he began to pray about it. And three times he prayed. Three times I besought the Lord. Amen. And this is what God said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. He said unto me, the Lord spoke to Paul and said, My grace is sufficient for thee. You know what that did for Paul? It took this man that had prayed three times about this, this whatever it was. He said, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities. That's the difference grace makes. Hallelujah. From praying three times over something to be gone. Amen. Now you're glorying in it. Grace makes that difference. Hallelujah. I'm telling what am I saying? In closing, I've said everything I've preached, and however long I've preached, I could have said it all in one sentence. There's grace for everything you need. His grace is sufficient for you tonight. I said there's grace for you. Grace for you. Grace to give you a song in your trouble. Grace to make you stand in difficult situations. Grace that'll save you. Grace that'll teach you. Praise God forever. There's grace that you can serve. Give us that song. Could we come around the altar tonight? Do you need the grace of God? I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for grace. I've messed up. I admit it. I wouldn't be here without grace. But thank God for grace. Thank 